outside And I'm feeling like stripes They hitting on me and my homie Cause our minds not enlightened They mad cause we just got the passion Never slacking or lagging The funny thing is step up to us You know we bout that action But look Welcome back to the Swamp Podcast. Here at the Swamp Podcast, we fulfill your pop culture needs every week, including artist interviews, sports talk, streaming talk, album and song reviews, and video games. And today we will be doing another discography review, and we will be doing Childish Gambino. He has four studio albums, 14 mixtapes, and four EPs to his name. Uh, so Childish Gambino's real name is Donald Glover. I uh, was born Donald McKinley Glover Jr. on September 5th or 25th, 1983 at Edwards Air Force Base in California, uh, but was raised in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Uh, so Glover's stage name, Chosh Gambino, which he used to start his musical career, came from a Wu-Tang Clan name generator online. But let's start with who's on the podcast today. So obviously we have Issue and myself, but we also have a Random Newspaper. He was on the first ever discography review and the last one we had, the first one being Jay-Z and then the last one being Cardi. But uh, welcome back on the platform, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here again. You know, I love coming on the podcast, talking about albums. Yeah, it's good to have you back. But um, so let's start with you. So when was the first time Childish Gambino, Donald Glover uh, came on your radar uh, all those years ago? Oh my god, mad long, like about like 2008-2009, around that time. I was definitely a YouTube kid, I was always surfing YouTube, and I found out about Derek Comedy when I was like really, really young. Like, holy shit, I love Derek Comedy, but after like all that, I didn't watch like Community, I know that's like the necessary step in like knowing Donald Glover, but like after that, I found out about Childish Gambino, like the musician. It was through Bonfire, honestly, because Bonfire and Heartbeat were literally everywhere on YouTube and Vivo when they were, like, one entity. Yeah, after that, like, I was like, oh, fucking Donald Glover from, like, Derek Comedy makes music. That's crazy. After that, you know, I've just been a fan since then. And then Issue, um, I'll go to you next. So, uh, yeah, when was the first time Josh Cambio came on your radar and uh, with yourself being an artist and... You know, we played tracks on here where you've, you know, experimented your range as an artist. And we'll get into uh, Childish Gambino's discography, uh, but it definitely has a wide range of uh, genres uh, to his name. But yes, let's, let's start with uh, you. How did he come on your radar? And then how did he inspire you in any way as an artist? Yeah, he came on my radar when I first heard 3005. After, you know, listening to his music, 3005 specifically for the first time, I hadn't heard anything from him. I didn't really check back into his music. And then my mother put me onto the show Atlanta around the first season when it first dropped. So when I, I watched it, I was like, he looks familiar. Because I remember watching a 3005 video. And then when I wound up searching up his name, Donald Glover, I found out that him and Childish Gambino was the same person. He had a whole discography. So around 2018, when I first started high school, 
I did like a deep dive into his whole discography from like camp all the way up until around the time his his latest album was out in 2018. And ever since then, I've just been watching what he does on the music side, but as well as the film side. So I watched a little short film that he did with Rihanna called Guava Island and just different things he does. And he inspires me in a way that not many other artists inspire me because just the fact that he does more than one thing, he raps, he sings, he's an actor, he's a writer, he's a director as well. So just to be able to do more than one thing and not be limited and put in one box, that's just like amazing. And that's just inspirational. And it really pushes me forward to kind of dabble into different things. And if anybody who follows me on social media knows, they, they've seen me dabble into whether it be artwork or helping people push out the albums or even producing so it's just fun writing it's just amazing all right and then for me so yeah i think community was definitely one of the first shows i watched on netflix in high school and uh yeah donald glover played the character troy barnes on that show for four seasons 2009 to 2013 but yeah i definitely heard slash watched like the bonfire and heartbeat uh, music videos back in the day but the 3005 video when that dropped that's when i like you know, definitely became diehard Charles Gambino fan, you know, we'll get to when, you know, 3005 dropped in his discography. And yeah, similar to what, you know, Terrence and, you know, Issue said about, you know, Atlanta and, you know, his comedic career, you know, his writing and also Guava Island, what the show he did with the Rihanna. He also most recently produced Swarm. Yeah, this is a very talented guy and we could talk five, six hours about everything he's done in his career. So for this episode, we're going to strictly keep it to music, but we'll definitely reference some of the other stuff he's done uh, throughout his career. And then later down the line, we'll definitely have an episode where we talk about essentially like his IMDb page uh, review, I guess you could say. But let's get into his music. So we'll get into the mixtape era first. Uh, We'll briefly touch on that. We're not going to do a deep dive and then we'll get into his you know, commercial mixtapes, EPs, and then studio albums. But between the years of 2005 and 2010, Childish Gambino dropped 12 self-released mixtapes. One of the first ones, which is considered the first, it's not the first, Sick Boy, which dropped in 2008. And then he dropped uh, Poindexter in 2009. Uh, in 2010, he dropped uh, I Am A Rapper 1 and 2. Uh, one was released in January, 2 in February. Both these albums were recorded in his bathroom on his uh, MacBook's internal mic. And then in 2010, uh, Cult de Sac was kind of the mixtape that kind of put him on the map. And all these mixtapes you can find on YouTube. It's very, you know, mid-2000s hip-hop sounding. But a few tracks here and there are considered as demos for, you know, songs later in discographies uh, where he's, you know, taken, you know, flows and melodies from uh, various tracks. But uh, Newspaper, I'm going to go to you. You know, you said you heard of Gambino through Derek Comedy. Uh, but why don't you talk about Cult de Sac? And your first time listening to that and uh, what you remember uh, back then? Honestly, I just recently, as recently like last year, I actually listened to Cold Decide, like I actually sat down and listened to it. Like, I'm not even gonna lie, like, I am a Donald Glover fan, but I haven't like traveled down the rabbit hole that much times. But I listened to Cold Decide, and like, it was cool, honestly. Like, I think it's like a good like precursor to what early 2010s Gambino was. And like, you could hear like, him, you know, messing around with sounds a bit and, like, sampling weird stuff. Like, my favorite song off that tape, Do You Like, like, there's an Adele sample on it, which I'm like, what What rapper was really sampling Adele back then? Because, like, Adele was a relatively new artist. You know, Cold Sack was a pretty, you know, pretty solid tape. I think that's, like, top five. Get beat on mixtapes for me. 
Like, I'm going to all of them, but if I have to rank them, it'll probably be in the top five or top three. And then, uh, Taj, I'm going to go to you. So the fact that, you know, he dropped 12 self-released mixtapes between, you know, 2005 and 2010, you know, similarly to how, you know, you've been, yes, you know, we consider, you know, Blue Perfect, you know, a mixtape, you know, the last few projects, you know, they're considered LPs. But, you know, if you look actually, and when Gambito talks about it, he considers them albums, you know, back then. But, you know, in this time period, when you're releasing them for free, it's, you know, mixtapes. But just looking at this, uh, what does that show you as an up and coming independent artist, even though you're, you know, still like four or five years into the game? The part that I really want to point out about that is the fact that it just shows throughout each project the progress and the fact that he even had the confidence to put out those demos and it's not the best sound as far as like studio quality, but to put that out there and not be afraid of the reception and just giving them that raw material, it just shows a lot. And that's why it's really influential as well. But when looking at it in hindsight, it was almost a matter of time before Childish Gambino really started to like, you know, bring his own sound into the game. But what I really enjoy about listening to those projects and like really going back and doing a deep dive is that it shows that he was a student of the game and he just loves, he loves hip hop. And he's just like, in his own element at the time. And I just like the evolution throughout his uh, discography. But these projects are kind of like underground, young, hungry, trying to show what he can do. They know him as an actor, does music. It was just like an introduction to the musical elements and stuff that we will see in later projects in his discography. All right. So on to the label era for Gambino. So after Cult de Sac in 2010, 2011, uh, Gambino, he signed with Glass Note Records. And in March 2011, he dropped his first EP uh, with Glass Note, and it's five tracks uh, produced by Gambino and Lugwid Granson. So Granson, you know, helped him produce, co-produce essentially most of Childish Gambino's discography. I would say roughly like 90%, you know, definitely in his later albums and some of the mixtapes, you know, he goes back and forth. Um, but most of the, you know, studio albums, it's him and Ludwig. But uh, Ludwig is the, actually, he was the composer on Community and, you know, did the score for that. And they met on the set of that. And then, you know, that basically spurned their relationship into making music together. But yeah, Ludwig has also done music for Fruitvale Station, uh, which is where, you know, he met Ryan Coogler and ended up doing the Black Panther movie, Creed 1 and 2. And then, yeah, he's also done Mandalorian for Disney. Yeah, so on uh, February 2nd, 2018, seven years later, uh, the EP was re-released uh, for commercial consumption on all uh, streaming platforms. As, yeah, previously, it was in stores. You could buy in stores and then obviously on iTunes. I feel like most people were like bootlegging this back then. But the hit song, Freaks and Geeks, uh, was released as a music video originally on February 25th, 2011. Yeah, I think this actually... He either got in some commercials or was like on some like ESPN, some sports stuff back then. But yeah, on this EP in particular, Gambino definitely shows off yeah his large range of artistry that is shown throughout his discography. Issue, I'm gonna go to you first. So listening to EP, obviously you know back then even I didn't listen to this you know when it came out. But what is your thoughts with the whole range of you know Gambino on this? Even though it's five tracks, you can tell he kind of has that range to go in the R&B and, you know, hip hop lane, not necessarily the, you know, the whole psychedelic funk uh, era that he had with Awaken My Love. But what was your thoughts on that range that uh, he possessed uh, so early in his career? 
Yeah, this EP was one of my favorite projects in Childish Gambino's discography because it's short and I would have liked it as an LP, but the fact that it's short and it's just packed with so much quality makes it that much better. And I remember hearing one of my favorite songs on the project, Be Alone for the first time. Sonically, it's crazy. And back then, when you look at what was hot then, as far as like what was popping as far as genres and music, necessarily that sound wasn't really something you would hear all the time on the radio. So when I heard it, and I look back at when it dropped, it was just like, it was really genius on Donald Glover's part, man. And I just, Freaks and Geeks as well is another classic song on this EP. And I just like this project because it's like not long. It's not a long album that you got to really just sit and listen to get through. It's a quick EP that you can listen to, but it's still packed with so much quality. And you get all those musical elements from Donald on the project. You get a little bit of rap, a little hair and there. And then he even surprises you with a little bit of something different. So... It's one of my favorite projects, and yeah, that's just my thoughts on the project as a whole, man. The artistic journey is interesting. And then what about you, Newspaper? I'm going to be real. I love this EP because it's not even like... Sometimes the lyrical content can get immature, of course. It was like... It's old Gambino, of course it was. But like, I feel like he... Like, he established himself as like a person who can go through like different pockets, especially on this one, you know? Like, especially on this tape, because like, as Tom said, like, yo, Be Alone, Be Alone is so crazy, like, I'm be real. Like I was listening to Be Alone like the other day. I was on my campus. I was like, yo, this shit is so insane. Like I don't even know what kind of parks he's going into. And like as I also said, like like you weren't really hearing this shit like on the radio. Like aside from like, you know, maybe Drake. Like he was like the only sing rapper, I'd say. Like the only like hybrid rapper at that time that was out that wasn't getting me. I mean, there's a lot of people that were out, of course, but like mainstream success. Freaks and Geeks is also, like, another, like, real early Gambino song. Like, I think I heard Freaks and Geeks, like, right after I heard a Bonfire Heartbeat and all of them. And I was like, this beat is fucking insane. Like, that's another thing. Like, I think Gambino also, like, whilst working with Ludwig, like, he also taught him how to make, like, hip-hop, which is insane. Like, because he's, like, a classical composer. Of course, like, Ludwig doesn't know how to make hip-hop. But like him introducing him to that shit, I was like, I think that's like the best thing that's that's like ever been done. <laughs> like, he just went insane on this. Like that's one thing. Ludwig and Donald, like they just go together so well, so well. It's insane. And I think this EP was like a was like a real good precursor to like what was to come. Yeah, and we don't have to wait that long for Glover's debut studio album with his first album with Glass Note Records coming on November 15th, uh, 2011, and debuting at number 11 on the U.S. Billboard 200 albums, selling 52,000 copies in the first week. The album's produced uh, by Childish and Logwig, has 13 tracks. Uh, the deluxe edition actually includes Freaks and Geeks, Not Going Back, and uh, two Heartbeat uh, remixes. Uh, but the end of the album is essentially a spoken word piece telling a story that uh, really ties together the whole summer camp feel but it's a monologue with gambino telling a story about confessing his love for a girl that was met with an embarrassment uh, but this outro is actually written by fellow Derek comedy member and rapper dc pearson but this album has many new york references i was actually hoping the album cover i think yeah definitely the album cover even though yes it is a camp album the end of, and the end of it ties it in I would have liked, essentially, maybe the album cover was like a photo of New York. Because there's a lot of themes of him like being at NYU as on uh, the track Firefly in particular. 
Uh, he has skating down at Washington Square looking for quarters. And then also later in that track, he said, uh, like, how the hell he dropped an EP and meet Jay-Z. And then LES, that's a reference to, you know, Gambino meeting a girl on New York's Lower East Side. And then on that track, he says, uh, but I guess meet me at Pianos, uh, which is a bar in New York, uh, and on Ludlow. And Ludlow is actually a newspaper track uh, as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so just a lot of references throughout the album of him, you know, being from, not from New York, but spending a big portion of his life with university. Yeah, so this album didn't get the greatest reviews. It had a 69 on Metascore, uh, so that's 27 reviews online combined. But uh, on the track, All the Shine, one of my favorite tracks, Pitchfork only likes rappers crazy or hood man. It's one of the bars. And ironically, Pitchfork gave him a 1.6 out of 10. So I didn't even know he had this bar on the album. And I imagine them listening to that, hearing that, definitely influenced the 1.6. Because, yeah, 1.6, that's not even, like, you can't give him a 1.6 here and then later in his discography give him 7s and 8s. But Pitchfork, we're going to do a whole episode where we talk about Pitchfork just, like, trying to do salacious, crazy reviews just to, like, get out there. And they're not the only ones. Like, Fantano, certainly, he's in that. Oh, yeah, he's definitely in that category, shit. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But in terms of, like, the written, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pitchfork's definitely the, the top. And Ro- Rolling Stone, I don't even want to put Rolling Stone in there because they're just, like... Yeah, Rolling Stone be on bullshit, honestly. Pitchfork, like, tries to sound, like, smart. And, like, there, I could tell that some people at Pitchfork are smart. Yeah. And there's definitely some... I'm not going to say like they're top 10, top 100 every year. Every album on that list is bad. That would be irresponsible because I listen to albums on that. Like they're not that dumb. But Rolling Stone is actually out here. I mean, they're just getting paid off by everyone. Like that's that's probably what's happening. But before we get into like top tracks, uh, I want to get into everyone's kind of first impressions of camp. And yeah, I'll, I'll start so, yeah, there's definitely a lot of highs and lows on this album. I, I can't really say, you know, there's any skippable bad tracks, but definitely a lot of these raps are, like, outdated. And you can definitely see, as we go through uh, Gambio's discography, why he pivoted to being more, I guess, serious artist. You know, me and uh, Newspaper were talking about this before we started recording, uh, but there's a few tracks on here. You know, Bonfire, You See Me, that... Um, I'm not saying he was like completely like this artist, but you know you could throw Gambino in the Hobson category. You know, kind of being, you know, salacious, saying some wild stuff, even tapping into some Eminem, like old Eminem kind of stuff too. Yeah, just like saying shit just get a reaction. In the 2000s, every rapper kind of tapped in, in one at least one song, kind of tapped into that over the top, rude, mm-hmm. swearing, like disrespectful. Even there's a few like celebrity callouts on here, um, which you know Eminem was like famous for, pretty much. Yeah, and like the Kid Cudi bar on, on Backpackers. Yeah, Backpackers. Yeah, yeah. The production on here, a lot of beautiful songs on here, like Ludwig, uh, Les, beautiful track. Yeah, I love Firefly, All the Shine. Um, I would say yeah, ninety percent of the music on here, I do like, and most of it like is not even sampled. Like Ludwig's actually he's because he's you know, composer, he's creating his samples and, you know, they're, he's chopping it up too, which is, you know, quite amazing. But uh, newspaper, I'm going to go to you first. Yeah, why don't you touch on the production? 
uh, as you are a producer from from a producer standpoint, and then also Gambino kind of being all over the place on this project because definitely with you know when you were talking about on the EP comparing him to Drake, like it, we'll get into them because of the internet. But in terms of like his songwriting, there's a, definitely a lot, lot of pockets in here where you're like you're blown away by his songwriting, but like heartbeat in particular. Yeah, of course. But then when he tries to like go full rapping and in that early 2010 kind of rap mode. Yeah, I guess kind of too much, you know. I'm be real, like my thoughts on Kim are they kind of mixed because like at some like when I listen, I'm like I could see where he wanted to go. But, like, at some points, I'd say Camp, like, Camp isn't a bad album. Like, I knew he was going for it, but it's, like, poorly executed, I'd say. Like, he was trying to, like, do the whole, like, EP thing, but for, like, 15 more tracks than the EP was, you know? Like, it's too bloated, I'd say. Like, it's, like, like very bloated. Because I'm, like, some tracks are just, like, damn, why is this shit four minutes? And like, why am I <laughs> like, why is this shit four minutes? Like, come on, you could have, like, at least trimmed the fat a bit. But, like, there's definitely some, like, beautiful parts on here, like... Even in the, like, the edgier songs, like, Bonfire. I love the Bonfire beat. Like, holy shit, that's such a, like, crazy fucking beat. I don't know. Bonfire is one of those beats that, like, sounds like the a title of the song. That sounds like a bonfire, you know? Like, people getting ready to, like, kill someone, you know? And even with Heartbeat, Heartbeat is such a beautiful beat. Like, holy shit. And even with, like, the EDM breakdown, it's, like, it's still crazy. Because, you know, like, I'm, I'm kind of impartial when it comes to, like, EDM breakdowns and songs and whatnot. Because I was never really a big, big fan of EDM. And plus, even back then, like, yeah, they were abusing the fuck out of EDM. Like, they would put an EDM breakdown in every fucking song back then. But even though, like, it has some of the, like, shit that I hate in music, like, Heartbeat is such a good song. Like, I love Heartbeat. And even his writing on Heartbeat, like, the artichoke thing and the, um, like, the Jay and Keisha related racist, I think that's really funny. Like, genuinely. I think, like, his best bars in this are, like, the comedy-esque bars. Because, you know, that's the best thing he's the best at. I don't know. Camp, like, it could have been so much potential. And, like, the fact that there's, like, sort of a loose concept behind it, because that's what I call it. Even though there's, like, a concept, it's very loose. Because he doesn't really touch on, like, the whole summer camp concept. Like, he does in, like, Because the Internet. Like, where it's, like, completely focused around that greater concept of the album. I feel like this is, like, a very loose concept that just kind of ties around at the end. And I'll probably talk about that power. That power is a is a great fucking song. Like it's like beautiful fucking song. Like if the whole album was more like that power, I'd like it a whole lot more. Like the ending line where I haven't got off the bus and I still haven't, leading directly into because the internet. Like it's so it's so genius. I don't even know if that was like completely planned or not, but that song is so good. But the album overall is very eh to me. Like it has its moments. It shines, but it also is it's very dull in parts. All right, Tash. And then before we uh, give our top tracks, uh, why don't you give your overall thoughts on Camp? Yeah, just to give my quick overall thoughts, I think this doesn't give me that album feel, and it definitely does has its highs and lows. I feel like when he was making this project, he was a little bit scatterbrained. I feel like initially he wanted to go in one direction, and then he started getting many ideas and wanted to just cram it all into one project. Because you have those songs on there, that's like album quality and then he has some other tracks where it's like okay uh yeah and i feel like childish gambino a couple of the lines on there yeah they're a little cheesy but i feel like at the same time he kind of used that in later projects when he like kind of added different genres and different elements to his music as well so 
that's just kind of my uh, initial thoughts on camp. I love the project, and yeah, it has its highs and lows, but as far as like a studio album, I definitely feel like it was scattered. He had an initial plan, but the execution, like you two guys said, was was off. Yeah. Yeah, and before I give my top tracks, I think there's definitely been uh, debut albums that have had worse execution, as there's definitely like better highs than a lot of albums in this in this time period for sure. Like I would say, this definitely uh, this time period definitely started like the whole hip hop like single culture, and like there's artists from the early 2010s that literally are unheard of now because they couldn't even you know put together a project. But uh, let's get to our top tracks. So for me, uh, no order. I'm going to go Heartbeat, uh, LES, Bonfire, All the Shine, and Firefly. And uh, my rating out of 10, uh, I'm going to give this 7.5. I think the highs on this project definitely are close to an 8. LES is like a perfect song. And yeah, I like Bonfire, Heartbeat, definitely close to a perfect song. Firefly, I like too. He's kind of on his Jay Z flow, and even the intro outside, um, I do like. And I actually just saw Hamilton live. I don't know for whatever reason that track reminded me like it was from Hamilton. Uh, just like the vocals on that track. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna go seven and a half on this album. Some of the tracks on here, just like in terms of the execution, not not like Gambino's like talent level. Uh, is like a low seven, so I'm gonna go seven and a half. But newspaper, what are your top tracks and rating out of ten for this album? My top tracks are I'm Bonfire, I'm Les, Heartbeat, and That Power. Definitely like, but I think those tracks are like the most well executed tracks on the on the project as to like you know what they wanted to be and like how they got there. So you know that's why I love them. Plus they also like all sound beautiful. Even Bonfire, with its crazy-ass beat, it sounds beautiful to me. But, like, I think as an overall project, it was sort of, like, like mediocre to me. Like, so I'd give it, like, a, I don't know, four and a half to five. Around that range, like, you know, it was good, but it's, like, it's not my favorite type thing. And it, it could have been done better. Like, that really makes you mad about camp. Like, it could have been done way better. All right, and then what about you, Issue? Yeah, for me, um, my favorite tracks are LES, Backpackers, Heartbeat, Bonfire, and Firefly. And overall, I give this project a solid, I'm going to give it a solid 6.5 out of 10. I think based off of those songs alone, I think from a musical standpoint, it's good. But I don't think it's a classic at all, and I don't think it's the greatest project. But I think it's an it's a solid project because I like those songs, and I think that you can see the genius, and you can see the talent within Childish Gambino. All right, so moving on in his discography. Uh, so next up, we have in July of 2012. Uh, yeah, so about eight months later, uh, on July 4th, uh, he dropped Royalty, uh, the mixtape, 18 tracks, but a crazy feature list. Uh, you got Nipsey Hussle, Schoolboy Q, Chance the Rapper, Absol, RZA, Ghostface Killa, Danny Brown, Bun B, Kilo Kish, Daniel Heim, or Danielle Heim uh, from the band Heim, and uh, Gambito's brother, Steve G. Lover the Third. Yeah, that's an insane track to listen like, yeah. when you think about it. Like, holy shit. Like, so much, like, legends and, you know, 
legends from even their era, like mm-hmm. the 2010s era. Like, holy shit. Yeah, and then he's got the Wu-Tang, you know, guys on there, you know, with his name being, you know, created in the Wu-Tang generator. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fitting. But the RZA, RZA feature in particular, one of the best RZA features. But uh, yeah, the production, very diverse, like hip-hop production um, in terms of like sounds and producers. But uh, yeah, so you got a lot of production credits from Glover uh, and his co-producer uh, Ludwig Granson. Uh, but you also have Boy Wanda on here. Uh, you got Kavinsky. You got Beck on a few tracks. Uh, Skywalker, Jordan Evans, uh, Mike Murda. But the intro on the album, uh, so it features NBA star Blake Griffin, along with actress and close friend of Donald's, uh, Kristen uh, Saul or Skull. But him having uh, Blake Griffin on the intro just reminded me, I don't know, like five five years, there's just been so many NBA stars like appearing, not just NBA, but other sports stars, like appearing on like uh, different skits and whatnot. And then uh, listening to this, I probably listened to this, I want to say like 2014, 2015 for the first time. Um, and I like downloaded it on my like iPod touch or, or whatnot. But yeah, like that was definitely um, interesting to hear. Um, reviews on this because it was a mixtape not too many uh, it's got like a 70 based on like three ratings but the title royalty and the track with Riza is titled American Royalty but on the Nipsey track Bino got that good shit uh, Nipsey got the aces on some young rich shit Ken- Kennedy's with black faces and then on American Royalty Gambino references it again um, saying he's a black Kennedy so you know, the whole title, royalty, and then, you know, his family, the Gambino family, you know, he has, you know, Steve G. Lover. And then if you didn't know, Steve G. Lover, G. Lover, you know, you just put that together, that's Glover, Steve Glover. Their family being royalty. And, like, cause there's a few times he talks about them having, like, a big property and whatnot, like a glass house, something like that. Production on here, insane. We'll get to top tracks. Probably... One of my favorite tracks in particular, R.I.P. with Bambi. So this has, you know, Kavinsky, I, I, you know, said he's a producer, but they just sample Night Call. And, you know, we'll get to that um, later when we get to top tracks. But um, but Newspaper, what was your thoughts on royalty? You know, I had listened to it, you know, in the last few weeks leading up to this, uh, but it had, it had been years since I listened to it front to back. And I was definitely, like, shocked at, like, how um, good it still sounds, like, essentially 11 years later. But yeah, what was your thoughts? I love this mixtape. Let me be real. Like, I actually really do love this mixtape. Like, holy shit. Like, I think it's, like, it's two things. It's like a showcase of, like, all the talent that was going on in, like, either, like, any coast at that time. You know, like, East Coast, fucking West Coast, all that shit. Like, any coast at the time. Like, you know, you had, like, Danny Brown, Schoolboy Q, and fucking Kilo Kiss. Like, literally, like, the who's who's of, like, like, fucking early 2010s album. I'm pretty sure every album. In the 2010s had them on it, you know, like shit. And uh, and the Nipsey Hustle feature, I'm just like, holy shit, Nipsey was so good. Like, rest in peace, dude. And I'm glad you brought up R.I.P. because I just that song was so like it's not confusing, but it was very unexpected. Like fucking Bun B rapping over fucking Kavinsky beat from Drive. Like, are you kidding me? I have a funny story about Night Call too. Like, I first heard it in like 2012. I think it was from my drama class. Like, like, like we played it in drama class. Like, that's cool. And it brought me back to that, like, hearing that. And, like, the little vocal chops that... Because I'm pretty sure, like, Gambino did it. Like, he did the chops. 
like in the like in the chorus of Night Cold, which is so cool. I'm like, yo, so fire. But yeah, this whole album is just well, no mixtape. Like it's a very like transitional mixtape because I feel like he was trying to like stray away from the whole like hard like fast rapping flow thing. He's trying to like get more chill with it, and he even says it on I think the first song. Like I forget the exact line, but he's like, you know, like. I slow down like my bars of swag and like stop with the punchline or something like that. It like it's so fire. Also, one more thing, like royalty is is like his music collective from like all the way back in the day. Like I think it's like composed of it's him, it's Steve, it's his friend Swank, and like oh yeah, fam. I think like like all his like OG people. Yeah, fam is like his manager, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like like all those OG people, I think like they're all like they're all part of royalty. But yeah, right. This whole album was insane. Like plus, like I don't know, like this game. You don't really like produce like that anymore. Because if he does, he should. Because like his production even back then was like so like it was so fire. Like there was one song in particular that he produced. Like he also made like American royalty too, which is which is insane. <laughs> yeah, no, and and did he do the Kilo uh, Kish song? Yeah, I think he did that too. That song, I love that. I love Q. I need a I need a collab album with like her and Vince, and then her and Gambino too. Yeah, oh hell yeah, she's I fucking love her. I loved her on Summertime '06 too. I'm saying, and she was also on uh, Big Fish Theory. Yeah, and Prima Donna. Yeah, like Loco. Like I, I love like that that those collabs are best. That's like because the internet type shit too. Yeah, actually. I'm saying those, like uh, those features. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still in that like it's still in that era type shit. Yeah, no. Oh, and the song I was referencing was mm. was um One Up. One Up is so fire. I'm sorry, like One Up is so fire. And like I love that beat that Gambino did. Like he's such a like he's such a good producer. Like I'm confused why he doesn't like produce more, you know? Yeah. Or like he did some things on because of the internet, but that was like mostly Ludwig. All right, and then issue, I'm gonna go over to you. So what are your thoughts on royalty? Yeah, royalty is one of the greatest mixtapes in hip hop history, man. Just like the featureless alone, man. Some of my favorite tracks on here got some of the hardest hitters in the hip hop game, man. You got Cream Della Cream. That track with Ghostface on it, man, is hard. RZA, the Abbott himself, that track goes crazy. Schoolboy Q. Uh, it's just like the feature list is just insane. And then I just like how Childish Gambino executed it with, you know, you got all these big rappers in the game. And then he's holding his own on the majority of these tracks. And there's some decent length for me. I could listen to the whole project from front to back. And every other track has a hard hit on it. And... I wish this project was on streaming, but I had to download it on my um my iTunes. Yeah, some of my favorite tracks, One Up, definitely, Black Faces, American Royalty, It May Be Glamour Life, just to name a few of the tracks on there. But uh, he's got a lot of great artists on there, and this is one of my favorite projects in Childish Gambino. I think just off of his like rapping, I think this is one of his best rap projects. I put this up there with because of the internet, but I don't really want to get my ranking, so I'm going to pass it back over to you. All right, so for my rankings or not rankings per se, I just my top tracks and then ratings. So yeah, I had to put a necessary uh, with Schoolboy Q and Absol. Yeah, Schoolboy Q was definitely my top five, like listen to artists, similar to Gambino as well back then. And uh, and his features just like, he was on a run for like three years where it was just every feature and not to discount Absol, he, you know, he pumps up good features too, but no, Schoolboy Q was he was different back then. Like you know, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, uh, Schoolboy Q was on one. Uh, next, uh, Toxic with Donnie Danny Brown. Yeah, Danny Brown. 
another artist back then. And yeah, he went on a, like an even you know, crazier run. Yeah, they flipped uh, Toxic, the Britney Spears song. And yeah, this is another crazy flip on uh, on this project. Nah, that, uh... Yeah, like that, that, that was insane. Forgot to mention that. Yeah, Dan- the Danny Brown track, crazy, insane. Oh, a little side thing about Danny Brown. He was apparently supposed to be on Two Little Butterfly, mm. but like Kendrick couldn't find anywhere for him to like fit on the album. What's up, which would have been insane because I feel like honestly he could have fit on some tracks on Super Butterfly. Like thinking about it, yeah, like the uh, the ones like you where uh, uh, Kendrick's like drunk. Yeah, oh yeah, especially you. And the next yeah, I got uh, maybe a Glamour Life with Ghostface. That's just the solo Ghostface track. But yeah, just like I love the beat that they chose and and Ghostface on here. Uh, Make it go right with Kilo Kish. Yeah, I love Kilo Kish. Like I said. Yeah, this track in particular, the beats, and then, like, her hook, and then the way Gambino comes in. Uh, and then R.I.P., uh, like I said before, and it's funny, uh, newspaper, you said you had, you had a story about uh, Night Call. Um, as Night Call is, like, the only song ever that has been on repeat in my presence, and I haven't, like, turned it off. I think I was playing, I want to say I was playing Overwatch with some friends, and Night Call was on the, in the background, and it was on for a solid hour. But we were playing Overwatch and we just didn't care because it's such a good song and it just kept replaying. But yeah, that's my night call story. And Drive, unbelievable movie. And then lastly, I got to put in uh, American Royalty with Riza, produced by Gambino as well, uh, like newspaper said. But uh, yeah, those are my top tracks. And then I'm going to give 8.8 rating out of 10 uh, for this project. Yeah, I got to shout out the, the back production and feature on this too. But uh yeah, newspaper. What are your top tracks and rating for royalty? My top tracks is definitely, definitely a one up on Black Faces, Toxic, and R.I.P. Yeah, how can I forget? Honestly, I'd rate this project like an eight. Well, definitely, like I feel like this is like one of like the like the master classes in like early twenty tens, like the blog slash mixtape era type rap. Like holy shit. Damn, like, I'm listening to this kind of, like, took me back a little bit. I'm just like, holy shit, I'm getting old. <laughs> like, And I'm dating 19, saying that, like, damn, I'm getting old and shit. All right, and then, uh, Taj, what are your top tracks and rating out of 10? Yeah, my top tracks on this are Black Faces, American Royalty, RZA features Crazy Man. RZA was on a crazy run during the 2010s, man. Like, I just wanted to point that out. But yeah, American Royalty, it may be Glamour Life. Toxic be Danny Brown. Yo, Danny Brown is crazy, man. We got to break down his discography on another episode. And I'm going to go with Make It Go Right as well. That's one of my favorite tracks on here. All right. So moving on to Because the Internet. This is Donald Glover's Childish Gambino's second uh, studio album. Yeah, there were four singles uh, leading up to this project uh, with 3005, Crawl, Sweatpants, and Telegraphed Ave. But BTI ended up dropping on December 10th, 2013, but was inspired by his observations of how technology has uh, changed social interactions. As in an interview with MTV, Childish Gambino revealed that uh, Beck actually gave him the idea to name the album Because the Internet. And on this project, production was handled by Gambino, Ludwig, Christian Rich, Pop, Levi, Stefan Ponce, and uh, Thundercat on a few tracks. But uh, BTI debuted at number seven on the U.S. Billboard 200 and sold 96,000 uh, copies. So almost a 
two times uh, increase from his previous project. But uh, the album ended up receiving a Grammy nomination for Best Rap Album in 2015 and has features from Azealia Banks, Chance the Rapper, and Janae Aiko. But reviews for the project, kind of lukewarm, 64 on Metacritic, uh, so 26 reviews, but an 8.5 user score, uh, so much higher. And then Pitchforth uh, actually gave this a 5.8, which uh, this, like, they're, they're smoking something. I'm saying 5.8 for because the fucking internet. Holy shit. No, it's crazy. But, uh, but issue, I, I want to get to you because obviously, you know, 3005, you know, was your kind of introduction to Gambino. Uh, and then, you know, you went back in 2018 after, you know, Atlanta. But yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, because the internet uh, as a whole project in uh, Gambino's discography? As a whole, this whole project. It amazed me, and I really enjoyed listening to this project front to back. I love the concept of it. Sonically, it's amazing. It's just one of the best chill albums you could listen to and just, like, vibe off of it. And great music, and it's just good music, and I really enjoyed that. This project was, like, constructed the way it was with the whole themes and concept, and it just shows Childish Gambino's writing ability, his storytelling ability, and just his ability as an artist to create stories like within his music and just create from a personal place and and get so introspective and just it's well put together and it's hard to put a lot of his albums above this one this is just one of my favorite albums by him to be honest with you just front to back i love it yeah for me this this album's like very special not only it's like the first album that you know i really dove into Chalice gambino as you know i said before 3005 was like when i became like a diehard gambino fan but like this album was probably like this in like Good Kid Mad City for like the early 2000, like early 2010s in terms of like hip hop albums that I just kept listening to over and over and over again, trying to understand the story. And yeah, I was just blown away by the production, the, the storytelling, but not like not just the hooks and not just, you know, the rap and like the bars, um, but like every millisecond. It's like surgically, like you could tell that they and yeah, we can go through the whole discography. Ludwig and Gambino across the board. That's how they treated like every, even camp, even camp. Like you can tell there's a lot of detail to everything. But in this album in particular, like detail was like a level of thousand. Like the whole story, uh, like there's a whole screenplay uh, that, you know, is with this album. You are not going to get into that too much. A newspaper has read it. It's in the vinyl. Um, and I think if you purchased the CD, you got it as well. And I'm sure you can research it online as well. But uh, yeah, I just haven't opened the vinyl yet, and I gotta get it shipped uh, out here in Toronto. So once I do that, we can like break down the actual screenplay for this album, and like maybe do an even further deep dive because of the internet. Mostly in particular, like this shows off the songwriting of Gambino. Like three thousand five, that's a timeless classic. You know, if we go that and probably Redbone, we'll get to Awaken My Love. But that and Redbone are the timeless classics in Childish Gambino's discography. But uh, newspaper, let me get to you for uh, your kind of breakdown of the album. You don't have to get into obviously the screenplay, but in terms of like the production throughout the whole album, and you know how the first half of the album is kind of more on the the hip hop side, the the rapping, and then he kind of gets into you know a lot of his like kind of genre bending uh, music on the later half of the album. But even like the last track is probably the best rap. Andrew Armenheimer. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in top tracks. But yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, Because the Internet? Because the Internet is one of my favorite albums of all time. I don't usually be giving out like 
tens when it comes to like records like that because I don't really believe in number ratings, but this out genuinely a ten. It's one of the perfect like you know not even rap albums of all time for me because like it's perfectly balances singing, and rapping, and like house and alt R and B almost. Like I'm pretty sure like this is one of the staple projects of like alt R and B to me honestly. Like it has all the R like the all R and B qualities too. Like it's it's such a great album. Like I could literally talk for five hours about this album alone, about how genius it is and everything. One of my earliest memories with this album was actually torrenting the entire album on my Android, my Samsung Galaxy S2. Like I tell that story so much that people were like, yo, you were listening to Gambino, you were eight years old. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I had the internet and I had I had Frostwire, of course. Like I used to listen to this on like the ride to school. On the way home from school, I used to quote the lyrics. You'd be like, yo, what are you singing? I'm just like, it's Childish Gambino, man. Like, <laughs> but yeah, this album has definitely, like, this, this album is special. Like, when it comes to, like, one of the greatest albums of the 2010s, like, this is definitely in my top three. Not even top five, top three. Like, I think the only albums that trump it are, like, My Beautiful Duchess of Fantasy. I'm going to be so real with you. But, like, the production, man, like, everything like Ludwig went crazy like I feel like this was when he was getting more comfortable into doing like rap music and so he just like really went all out because literally every track just insane especially like some of my favorites like did he make Crawl or was that somebody else I'm pretty sure he made Crawl right yeah he did mm-hmm. yeah like Crawl like that beat I think it was in the trailer for Just Cause 3 I'm pretty sure 2 or 3 I don't know one of those Pretty sure it was three. But when I first heard it, you know, like, it was, like, in that context, I was like, damn, this shit really is a good, like, video game trailer concert. <laughs> like, it's really a good, like, a video game trailer song. Like, holy shit. And World Star with, like, the whole culture behind that song. And, you know, like, like the Steve G. Lover um, little, like, monologue in the middle there. You know, real, you know, real royalty throwback or whatever. But... Yeah, like this whole album is so it's so insane. I'm just like sometimes I'd be like, damn, how did like how did he pull this off after camp? Like <laughs> with how like poorly executed I said camp was, this was like the most beautifully executed album from Gambino. If I say so myself, because it's like you know like the concept extends throughout the album and like production wise, he hits every note in the head with all the features and everything. I'm saying, like, it's up there with Blonde and whatever else, you know? <laughs> whatever people consider the best albums of the 20 cents to be. Because the internet is right up there with all the all the greats. All right, so then on to our top track. So I'm going to go first. So I'm going to start with, uh, yeah, no order for these top tracks. Although 3005, like, arguably, like, yeah, it's hard to argue if that's, like, not the best song. I think that's my favorite Gambino song, like, ever. Crazy, yeah. But yeah, life, uh, life, the biggest troll, Andrew Armenheimer, like this definitely other than three thousand five and like worse guys, like I listen to that track a lot, especially at night. Yeah. Oh, when that beat comes in, like it's that's just so so crazy, and and then yeah, flight of the navigator, love that track, like yeah, that was on the last Slap boy fall, but yeah, this one, yeah, this really shows off the range, um, and yeah, just the production on here, the detailing. The sound design, like sound design, 
I should say that instead of detailing to sound design, uh-huh, yeah. Ludwig and like I said, you know, he's done Black Panther. He's done like and so like he's done like Tenant and you know, all that movie shit. So like the sound, he has sound design down. Like it's like crazy. Hell yeah. Worst guys, Telegraph Ave. Yeah, Pink Toes. Oh, Pink Toes. Like the way actually. I should throw Earn in there. Oh, yeah, Earn. Like, the way it transitions into Pink Toes, like, that's crazy. Earn is such a crazy song, and I'm mad that it's, like, a minute long. Like, I'm so mad. But Earn is, like, is the precursor to Awaken My Love. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's not full-on, like, psychedelic funk. Yeah, but, like, it gets there, yeah. Because, like, I could definitely hear, like, the. I think there's, like, a Thundercat song that uses the same, like, drum sample in Earn. Right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, I know you said ten. I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this a nine and a half. Um, yeah, nine and a half. Just like yeah, like worst guys I love, but I think the crawl, uh, world star, they just feel outdated over time. But I do in the scheme of the album and the story, like I totally understand. But because the rest of the the songs, they're almost like perfect, and I give those tracks like I can't really give them like crawl and uh, sweatpants like a perfect rating. Yeah, I feel you. Though. I feel you though. But Ishan, what are your uh, top tracks? And then I'll get your uh, rating out of 10 as well. Well, this is a no order. I'm going to go Dial Up, Earn, Pink Toes, Playing Around Before the Party Starts. I don't know. I just like the lower half of the album, man. It's just so chill. Like, I like to listen to it at nighttime and stuff like that. And Yeah, yeah Telegraph Ave. No order. And this isn't no order. But, but this album as a whole is just crazy. For my ranking, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. My top tracks is A Flight of the Navigator, obviously, like, guitar man I'm like holy shit he went insane on the like and 2005 is obviously my favorite like gambino song like i, I remember i can't think of a more perfect and balanced gambino song that isn't 2005 like i feel like it captures his like artistry in one song even with the production and the and the message and whatnot like that's undoubtedly my favorite gambino song i don't care if anyone calls you basic or anything nah that's my Gambino song. <laughs> and The Worst Guys, like, I think The Worst Guys was the first song of this album that, like, really, like, lured me into, to, like, the rest of it, because uh, I loved loved The Worst Guys when I was, like, younger. Like, obviously, I gravitated more towards, like, the other songs, but, you know, when I was, like, eight, nine, listening to this, like, The Worst Guys was, like, my favorite song, and, the, and I love how Chance the Rapper was supposed to have a verse, but honestly, I think it was... It was for the best that he didn't, because I liked his contribution. I don't think anybody could say all she needed was some better than him. You know, it's kind of like the like the like the Oh My God song with Tribe and Busta. Like I don't think anyone could say Oh My God better than Busta. You know, and that's my thing. And um, and Life the Biggest Troll, and also the Last Night. Like I kind of like to group these together in like the same category because like they're at the end of the album. I don't know. Azalea Banks did like a wonderful job on the hook, like <laughs> crazy job on the hook. And the whole like housey, like EDM feel of it, like I think it gave it the little balance it needed at the end to sort of like, you know, slow it down and, you know, lead us out of the album type thing. And I don't know, Life the Biggest Troll is such a like, it's such a crazy like existential song. It kind of like fucks me up sometimes. It's like, holy shit. He's kind of right. Like, <laughs> I think I had my first existential crisis to that song. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and um, I wish Earn was like three minutes long, but, you know, <laughs> we always don't get what we want in life. <laughs> I feel like that was definitely a precursor to 
waking my love now that you say that. I'm just like, holy shit. Because he wasn't, I don't think he was doing um anything else on the album that like sounded like Earn at that time. He was like kind of getting into like his falsettos and whatnot, which he would like further explore on um like Awake of My Love. My rating for this is obviously a 10, as I said. Like I I feel like it's one of like generally one of the only perfect albums in this lifetime. <laughs> like like where I could like re-listen to it back to front and not have a problem with anything. You know? Such a good album. I feel like it's one of the genre defining albums of the of the twenty tens. All right. So then moving on in his discography, uh so we have another mixtape and EP. Uh, with Stone Mountain, Kawhi. Uh, so this was a combined release of uh, his seventh mixtape and second uh, extended play. Uh, but the Stone Mountain mixtape was released on October 2nd, 2014 as a free download from Dadpath, while the Kawhi EP was made available the following day through online music stores by Glass Note Records. They are each considered dual sides of a concept album, uh, that are unified by a cohesive storyline. Uh, but in Stone Mountain, uh, Gambino is dreaming that he ran Atlanta and was on every radio station, uh, but is having this dream on Kauai, as you can hear him waken uh, from the dream on the later tracks. But um, yeah, like this whole concept um, going in, like I remember like reading about it first and before I listened, you know, to, uh, you know, we'll start with, stone mountain and i was like wow that's that's like insane like you know again being like this sounds like the greatest like mixtape like ever and uh you know it's it's obviously not the greatest mixtape ever um and i love this mixtape but i think definitely similar to how camp the execution was a little off i think some of these tracks the execution like and i would say the middle because the start of this with dream uh southern hospitality and then partner dem and then it being like kind of a gangster, gangster grills, you know, this is uh, Gambino's gangster grills mixtape. Yeah, it started off crazy, and you know, even like move that dope, next I'll chirp, let your hair blow. Like, like I, I've listened to that track, that you know, that you know, the three tracks in one. I've listened to that like so many times, but definitely like throughout this, and I know some of it, a lot of it was like because there's a whole portion where he's like he's gonna open up all these Atlanta strip clubs as being like part of like running atlanta and like stone mountain uh so i understand why some of the tracks like the carrie foe track who yeah i loved her feature like her tracks fire but that's just like I don't, i'm not i don't go to uh, strip clubs to listen to music per se so that's just not like not my thing but i understand like the whole atlanta concept it being a concept album but uh yeah like let's get uh issue let's get your thoughts on the whole uh, Stone Mountain first. We'll start with the whole uh, mixtape, and then we'll kind of get into the EP afterwards. But then we'll get into like top tracks, and we'll get newspapers' thoughts. But issue, what are your thoughts on uh, Stone Mountain the mixtape? Yeah, Stone Mountain for me has some bangers on it, man. I remember when I first listened to this project, it was amazing. I think you put me on a listening to this project because this wasn't one of the projects I listened to because I remember listening to Kawhi. You said, "Yo, listen to Stone Mountain." So listen to Stone Mountain. From the intro track alone, like I really enjoyed it. Dream slash uh, Southern Hospitality and uh, and the other track. That was an interesting way to start the tape. I think he went crazy. I think like like the first part of that track, like after the dream sequence, I think it's Southern Hospitality where he's just rapping. Like I don't know, Gambino's flow was crazy on that track. Candler Road. 
I don't even want to break down my favorite tracks yet, yet, but just like as a whole, this project has some some highlights on it. I like the You Don't Have to Call cover by Usher, and you know, we'll talk about that when we get into the tracks, but yeah, like Stone Mountain is one of my favorite projects in Childish Gambino's uh, discography. Like, ever since I listened to it, man. Classic. And then what are your overall thoughts on the mixtape, Stone Mountain uh, newspaper? Oh, I love the mixtape, honestly. Also, this was, this was another thing. The mixtape also connects into Because the Internet's storyline. Because, okay, now bear with me. I'm going to sound very crazy here. But uh, in the screenplay, uh, there's like an overarching theme of like Roscoe's wetsuit. And I think it was like a critique of like, you know, like meaningless internet things that it was like people just kept saying because it was like displayed to them. So like every time Gambino would drive, he would like hear like Roscoe's wetsuit on the radio. He would be like, what does that mean? And people was like, we don't know what it means. It just sounds cool. And um, I think in the intro of like in the intro of a dream, like DJ Drama says, now presenting Roscoe's wetsuit, which I thought was like, I thought was like really cool. And also, not to like skip into Kawhi or anything, Jaden Smith voices the boy, who is like the main character in the screenplay. But like, I don't know like the timeline of anything. But back to the music itself, like I think it was like a like a really good throwback to like you know like the old like Wayne type mixtapes where he would just like remix everything, and it would be hard like <laughs> with like the you don't have to call and um. Next show, Cherub and Move That Dope and all. I'm just like, yo, that was all so fire. To hear, like, Gambino, like, really rap, rap like this, you know? Because it's not, like, it's not every day where you get to hear Gambino just, like, straight up just bar out on, like, old beats, which is, which is insane. So I feel like I appreciate it for that aspect, too. It's a pretty good mixtape, like, like pretty good mixtape. I think there's, like, there's definitely some, uh, uh, some, like, low points for me, but... Overall, pretty good mixtape. Yeah, so let's go into our top tracks. Uh, but Candler Road, that's like definitely my top three Gambino like ever. Like the way he comes on that track and then the way like the beat switches and he's like waking up in Kauai and he, like he does that like crazy hook but then goes hard like at the end. Like that, that was like, that's one of the most perfect hip hop tracks like I've ever heard, honest to God. Because like the beat, is, it sounds like he's like, He's like rapping like a freestyle at the beginning, and then it goes into this like whole different different track. Love that track. Uh, it's a shame it's just not on streaming. You know this this whole project in general, but uh, obviously yeah. But um, no, speaking of move that dope, I think right before it turns to next up trip, he says like living my life has Jaden Smith, and then on the Kawhi, like mm-hmm. Jaden Smith is the boy. Yeah, he's the main character and all that. Yeah. Right, and then all y'all I like the first track, Dream. And then you yeah, ass shots with royalty, his brother. That's dope. Love that track. And then yeah, I'll, I'll just like add in uh, Kawhi here as well, because Kawhi was interesting because it was like I remember when Kawhi dropped, and I was just listening to that. Like it probably took me like a few months until I found out about Stone Mountain. Yeah, and uh, yeah, sober like unreal like sober in particular. I should say when I saw Gambino live. So, like, the only tracks, like, Redbone and, like, 2005 were loud, but Sober, like, that was, like, the stadium hit a different, like, octave. Like, people, people love Sober. Like, that's, like, that's a, that's a hit. Um, like, I think it's, like, almost at a billion streams, I want to say, on uh, Spotify. Like, holy, like, God, like, I'm going to be real. Sober, Sober definitely sounds like it could have fit perfectly on Because the Internet, like, perfectly. 
Yeah, even like even uh, like retro. Yeah, retro. Like retro, yeah, pop thieves. But yeah, uh, newspaper. What are your top tracks for Kawhi and Stone Mountain? Okay, Kawhi and Stone Mountain. First with Stone Mountain, I have to go with like move that dope. Next old turb, like unless you hear about like that whole track is just so insane. The way everything flows into each other. And the Zaytoven beat, unless you hear about holy god, I think that's one of Zaytoven's best beats ever. To me, so good. And um, like you don't have to call and Candle Road, like you guys said about how like it switches, and it transitions into like a more like typical Gambino beat around that time, and that switches into like Kawaii and whatnot. And um, like Money Baby, like the like the K Camp cover, I, I love Money Baby. I'm gonna be real, and No Small Talk too. So much stuff that like you really didn't think Gambino was gonna go into, you know. But um, when it comes to Kawaii, uh, I say Sober, Palisades, um, 2005 Beach Picnic version. Honestly, like the whole tape is just, like really solid. Like I put the whole tape in my favorite song. You know, like it's so like it's it's tight knit with like really good songs that should have been because the internet. But overall, like um, like to give it a rating, I think I'd rate. Stone Mountain, like a, like a seven, seven, eight around that. And I'd give like, I'd give Kawhi a, like a nine, I'd say. I know that's kind of high for EP, but a nine, you know, it's my opinion. So yeah, nine. And then uh, Taj, what are your top tracks on Stone Mountain and Kawhi and your rating out of 10? Okay, for Stone Mountain, I got to go Dreams. The first track slash Southern Hospitality, um, Money Baby, Move That Dope. Candler Road for sure, and you don't have to call. And for Kawhi, I gotta go with Sober. Late Night and Kawhi is one of my favorite tracks as well. Pop Thieves, and yeah. For the ratings, I gotta give, I'm gonna give Stone Mountain an 8 out of 10. And for Kawhi, I'm gonna give that, I'm gonna give that an 8 out of 10 as well. I'm gonna just give him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go double A with I have to. Both solid. I'm gonna give it a combined 8, 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, definitely some of the high moments on both projects, nine. And then there's just like some moments, uh, low moments where it's like a seven, similar to camp in terms of like the execution on the production side. Like I definitely think like out of in the entire discography, like the production on Stone Mountain in particular. And I know like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about the beats that are used from, but the original beats that are like produced for this uh, mixtape. I think it could have been thought of a bit better. But moving on to the next project so this is the next studio album uh so awaken my love so yeah november 9 2016 he announced awaken my love his third studio album on twitter but uh, a day later he made an appearance on apple music's beats one radio with zane love uh to release the first single off the album me and your mama and announced the official release of december 2nd uh 2016 um but i remember when he released this on apple music I was at the dentist and he was like on the radio at the time. And I remember like, I didn't have headphones, but I was like waiting to go to the dentist and I was like listening to it on the phone, like up to my ear. But I was like blown away. Like me, me and your mama, like that, that track's like crazy. But yeah, so essentially he's making this big transition from primarily rapping and, and yes, he did some singing here, but it's all singing here. And, you know, taking inspiration from, you know, the 70s Funkadelic movement, uh, but also soul, R&B, and, like, rock elements. And Redbone, the track that, you know, we've talked about comparing to 3005, five times platinum, but it was the second single after Me and Your Mama dropped on November 17th, 
but this received three Grammy uh, nominations, uh, including Record of the Year, but winning uh, Best Traditional R&B Performance on uh, this album. Uh, received, yeah, probably, I would say, the best reviews for Gambino album. Actually, the his most recent album technically has better reviews, but, I mean, I don't know about that. It seems cap, but... Uh, 77 on Metacritic, so across uh, 25 reviews, uh, 7.2 on Pitchfork. So I don't know how you go from a 5.8 on Because of the Internet to 7.2 on here, Pitchfork. I don't, I don't know what's going there, going on, going on there. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. In my opinion, this is like front to back, and I should say there's like one song in particular that I think shouldn't even be on this album. Um, we'll get to later. But like I think this is the best in terms of like the first single to the last track in terms of like sonically uh, and making like a coherent project, the lyrical themes and, you know, it's coming out in, you know, 2016 as well. Yeah. And then like terrified that ended up being a big hit as well. Like that he even I think a year later after the album, um, this was added as another single. And this is a perfect album to me and I'll get to it now. I'll just get to it now other than California. And I like how. Oh, you don't like California? No. Okay. Here's this thing. I like California, like as like I can listen to it on its own, like and if it was a bonus track. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If okay, it was yeah, a bonus yeah, track. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. That was a lot of time. Having it after Redbone, like and then in between Redbone and Terrified, I I don't I don't understand like in the entire discography of this guy, like that's the one track where I'm like, why is that there? Yeah, because it's kind of weird in the context of the album, honestly. I feel you, though. Because it's almost like he leaves, like, the whole 70s movement. Yeah. Because there's a lot of Young Thug in that California. And I love it. I love California, really. But I hear, like, a lot of Young Thug in it. Not that it was a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. But, like, he kind of, like, kind of, like, deviates. Yeah, for you. Though. Yeah, it just, like, in terms of, like, the track listing of the... Like, it just seemed off. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I love Zombies baby boy i like how the first track like me and your mama and it's almost like the song is almost like him and him and his son's mom but i think they're together like i think they're like yeah married like them meeting and like it's like the night of like their son's conception almost like yeah. it just like the electricity in that song and then you know you get to like the song baby boy and it's like his son is born and it's like a different the the song produces like a different emotion of joy uh-huh. that's what i think like this album in particular is done in terms of like producing emotions each track like with his vocals with the combination of ludwig's like sound design and production yeah i think that was like the execution of that was like flawless across the board like because even if you don't like you don't like this type of music in terms of like his execution comparing like throughout his entire discography yes because the internet was like we just talked about it that was like flawless execution in terms of like his story that he wanted to get across in this era but this album in particular to come off of that and because that's like that's the hardest thing for artists but to like release an album and then to change genres but then to make it even like better like in terms of like more more people like your music now I like arguably if he didn't if he didn't switch like he wouldn't be at where he's at. I don't think. I think I think he would be if he stayed rap if he stayed hip hop and just kind of R and B. I think he would have been sub like ten million monthly listeners. But if he didn't do this, you know, drop a red bone and then go into even like this is America. I don't think he would be at the reach he was. And yes, Atlanta like the the fame of that like we can't discount that. But I know I still know people who don't know what Atlanta is who don't know Donald Glover 
who don't know that he's like you know, who don't like know that world mm-hmm. but do know redbone and do know 3005 so like what's up yeah definitely redbone and like and then that being in um get out get out that was a huge thing too like that was like mm-hmm. it was literally like one of the most watched movies of that year and that's the first song in the movie so like that was a big impact in terms of like his success but uh I'll end my tangent, but uh, issue. What are your thoughts on uh, "Awaken My Love"? Um, and now that we're, yeah, essentially seven years later, yeah, yeah. Um, "Awaken My Love" is one of the greatest albums of all time, and I just like how the '70s feel is like really like he really did something special with this album, and this is an album that people will be playing like for years. Like this album holds up against so many albums, and just in general, this album was up against many great albums. Like 2016 was one of the greatest years ever as far as music and releases, and Childish Gambino had a, a top five album that year, if not the best album, just from front to back. Like some of my favorite songs on here, just to name them, man, I got I had to. Huh? Me and Your Mama, Terrified, Red Bone is a classic, Zombies, like this, I don't know, this album just has so much, so much material to just dive into and listen to and that's pretty much my general thoughts. Like every every listen, you you find something new you like about the album, and that's why it stacks up against so many albums. And I think Charles Gambino really did his thing with this. Like, yeah. And uh newspaper, yeah, you can go ahead. I like this album. I mean, okay. I know when I say like it, big to see like I'm about to hate, it's like so bad, but I actually don't. But me listening to it in the context of then, you know, me being such a big like Gambino fan, like I was I was kind of like put off by it, you know, because I was like, what, 2016? I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm just like, I'm listening to this. I'm just like, this is weird. Like, where's the rapping? <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, where's the rapping? I remember, I remember like literally like the weekend after it came out, I was talking to my friend on the train. I was like, and like we were talking about like new releases because I think him and J. Cole dropped on the same day, Before Your Eyes Only, came on the same day as um, Wake Up My Love, right? We are talking about, like, all those releases. And I was like, yeah, I heard the Gambino song. Like, kind of sounds like slave music. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, that was my first, like, genuine uh, take on it. Like, it sounds like slave music. Um, like, uh, but, you know, as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate the album more. I don't want to put, like, my favorite tracks into this section, but, like, like a real underrated song of this project is Riot. I love Riot. Holy God, I love Riot. Like, it's so in your face, and it's like, it's short and sweet, you know, but like, it's not as short as earned, but like it's short and sweet. Like it gets it gets its point across in the time allotted, you know. That's such a good song to me. And, you know, the whole overarching theme about like how it's about, you know, him making this album for a son, you know. You know, like me and your mama and like the night me and your mama met baby boy and, and Stan Tall. Actually I think I think Stan Tall is like one of my favorite songs of this project because of like the messaging and just like the overall production. Like the whole ending section was like you get Cynthia, like oh my god, that's that's some of my favorite like moments of Childish Gambino like ever. And um and as you said California like I'm gonna be real, I like California as like a song, but I totally get why you don't like it because of that album. Sykes, like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't know, going from Red Bull to to like California and going to like, Terrified after, like it's just like she went to move to California. Like, I'm just like, yo, what are you doing? I like it, though. I really like that song. Yeah. Also, uh... Because the wood instrument's actually in that. Like, I love the wood. Yeah, you can, like, hear it. Yeah, for real. Really, like, great in that. Yeah. 
I don't know. Like, yeah, that should have definitely been like a like a either a single that came out after the album or like a or like a bone effect. But yeah, I think like from the entire like artistry and direction of this album was like that's kind of unexpected because like people weren't doing that kind of like or hip hop artists or predominantly hip hop artists weren't going in that kind of direction like that back then, you know. But like now it's commonplace, obviously, because like I don't even think like I don't even think Tyler was doing shit like this back then. As like, you know, as groundbreaking as we say Tyler is, like I don't even think he was going in that kind of direction because this is like pre-Igor, pre like Flower Boy. So yeah, he wasn't even going in this direction at this point, which is crazy because I think he really took like the like the hugest risk of all time and it paid off. Like it definitely paid off because Redbone is like his biggest song, like undisputably right now. Like I think it almost has like a billion views on YouTube or something. Like <laughs> I think it has like six hundred Seventy something million. It's insane. Like when I first heard it, I-, I didn't think it would go like that crazy as it did. But yeah, this album is really good to me. Like you know, it's like like the history surrounding it, the way that he transitioned genres and his rap altogether. I think because <laughs> you know, like on different, say if another artist tried to do this thing, they like rap a little bit, you know. But like if he doesn't rap at all, that's kind of insane. And he wouldn't rap for like another two years. <laughs> all right and then for top tracks and rating so yeah Redbone, terrified uh me and your mama honestly yeah all these tracks like i love i like california like i said i just like you know in terms of my rating is 9.7 and if california was like the last track and it was like bonus track or if it was just like not even part of this album i can give this a 10 but issue what are your top tracks on the album and your rating out of 10 I got to go Redbone, Zombies, Terrified, Me and Your Mama. I want to say California too, but I'm going to go with uh, Baby Boy. Yeah. If it was on the bottom of the album as a bonus track, then I would have put it up there. It would have made the album maybe even a 10 out of 10, but I'm going to give it a solid, uh, I'm going to give it a solid 9.5 out of 10. And then what about you, Terrence? I say my top tracks is Zombies, Riot, Redbone. I'm staying tall, and me and Mama. And most definitely, I think those are the songs that really stuck with me the most about this entire thing. I think those are like insane songs, like like musically. I think I think like I saw a Genius Deconstructed video, uh, like a while back of like Ludwig showing how he made Redbone and how he had to use like all of these like '70s pedals and like different effects and different keyboards like just to make Redbone. I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> like that's so insane. And you know me, I'm a I'm a music nerd. I, I want to be an equipment nerd when I have the money and all that. But yo, like just seeing how that song was made like pretty much from scratch is insane. And I think Gambino did the drums for it, which is crazy. Like again, I don't know why Gambino doesn't produce more. <laughs> I think he should, but hey, that's neither here nor there. But I think my my like final rating is like a I guess it's like a solid like eight and a half out of ten. I think it's a really solid album. All right, and so on to the final album in Josh Campino's discography. Uh, so we have three fifteen twenty. Uh, it was dropped on the same day, but it was yeah it was initially uploaded to uh, the website DonaldGloverPresents.com on March fifteenth, twenty twenty. Uh, before being taken down 12 hours later and reappearing on streaming service on March 22nd. 
as 31520. Yeah, it's referred to that, but also as Donald Glover Presents. And most of the album's uh, track titles refer to the time at which they appear on the album. Uh, so, for example, 12.38 appears 12 minutes and 38 seconds into the album. Uh, but this was uh, the first album in Gambino's discography uh, that wasn't with Glasno Records after he had some disputes. But he ended up going with RCA Records in January 2018. But yeah, this is definitely the most genre-bending and expansive production uh, that Gambino has released yet in his discography. And supposedly this was supposed to be his last project um, ever. There was a lot of confusion as it was like, last project or Charles Gambino or was his last project ever as a musician. But uh, it looks like he is going to be releasing music soon, but we'll see. And on the website, Donald Glover presents, there was like an image kind of like people in commotion, like there's fire buildings. And that was like rumored to be like the album cover. And I do think if that was the album cover, I would have liked that a bit more. But uh, yeah. And then as for like the song titles, yeah, there's a few titles here that have songs, have titles, I should say. But you can find like all the titles online. Uh, there's actually a track list. Uh, but production on here, yeah, like I said, it's diverse production. Uh, yeah, you have Ludwig and Gambino, but you also got Dahi, Ellie Rise, EY, Jai Paul, James Francis, Curtis McKenzie, uh, Luz Hendricks, Riley Mackin, Sam Sugarman. So a lot of producers that Gambino hasn't really worked before or wasn't really public that they've uh, worked together. And then features on here, you got Ariana Grande, Kada Bonet, 21 Savage, and Inc. Yeah, I really like the 21 track, which is the, I think, fourth track, which is called Vibrate. Yeah, definitely one of the better tracks. But yeah, in, in particular, so as for the genre bending, like, yes, there's definitely a lot of themes from his previous album, Wake of My Love, uh, you know, kind of psychedelic funk. But there's a lot of pop. There's a lot of rock. There's not no rapping compared to like, you know, Wake of My Love. But yeah, he, he does have a few bars here and there. Um, and then, yeah, he has Feels Like Summer on here, which was dropped, you know, a year prior. This is like the lead single uh, for the album. That's track 10 or um, 47, 48. But yeah, before I get into my top tracks, uh, let's get your thoughts on Newspaper on 13, uh, 15, 20. I feel like this album could have been so much. Well, no, it's not even the songs itself. I feel like it's like the aura surrounding the album. It could have been so much better and so much well, like better executed. I should say, because um, I remember Tyler shared the same sentiments. He was like, yeah, I like the last album, but he wanted to be all mysterious and have a white background and call it numbers. I'm just like, yeah, same thing. Like, you know, like same thing I'm feeling. I'm just like, I feel like if he actually had like an entire rolled out or just even called it like Donald Glover Presents and like had the regular titles and had the, like, the OG album cover, like, it would have made the album a whole lot better and a whole lot more, like, memorable to me. But since it doesn't have those, because I feel like, I don't know, Childish Gambino's covers are, like, you know, like, they encapsulate the album's feeling. And, like, with the, with just the white background, I'm just like, what am I supposed to feel here? Like, <laughs> like I feel like it, like, the lack of a title makes it more, like, scattered range. It's kind of like the Donda thing. Like, honestly, like, Donda was very scattered to me. It's because it was just black, you know? When it comes to, like, a total covers like that with just, like, one color, except for <laughs> except for the life of Pierre Poor, they just make me feel like nothing. You know, it's like, what am I supposed to, you know, be doing here? 
like as I said, like the music itself was really good. Like I really like I like algorithm a lot and vibrate obviously. There was a time period where I would listen to nothing but vibrate when the album came out, like around that time. And the violence too, the violence, because I feel like that has relevance to like the riots that went on in twenty twenty. You know, like the whole BLM thing. Like this was like right before that. So I feel like at that time, like like violence made sense, you know. <laughs> like even though, you know, a BLM and like whole riot thing, it's not a new thing at all. It'll be stupid for me to say that it is, but I feel like at the time it came out, like it definitely applied to you know, like real world situations and whatnot. And also I'm beautiful. Beautiful is one of my favorite songs because me and Tyler had same thing like the Yao Mean joke. We had a <laughs> we had a joke about that song. Like uh. <laughs> <laughs> Nah. But uh yeah, I feel like I feel like this album is good, but he could have done more to market it and like push it and make it, you know, its own because now it's just like I forget, like, not, like now it's like I just said, like I forgot. Charles Gambino even came out with an album after, like, "Awaken My Love" because this one was so like badly marketed and promoted and whatnot. So I hope if he does make another album again, he promotes it better than he did this one. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying because I think, although I do appreciate that you know he didn't have the song title and there wasn't you know, an actual album title and there wasn't a traditional rollout because it adds to like the, the mystery of the album. And because when I went and like listened to this front to back multiple times, I was like, you know, multiple hits on here. You know, there's like definitely a few tracks, like even like why I go to the party. I love that track. Yeah, for real. Because it's not a traditional, not a traditional like radio album, but there's multiple tracks on here that like, live would go crazy like oh my gosh like i can't even yeah just left them in the car too but um issue let's get you in here um yeah what are your thoughts on 31520 you know obviously you know this album kind of came and went for a lot of people with like you know the like we said the track listing and then the naming of the album and even the rollout um but now if after you know listening to it all these three years later essentially um, what was what are your thoughts on the project coming after such an amazing album like Awaken My Love and Because the Internet? I mean, with this project coming out, I feel like it wasn't a dip in quality in the music because the music was there. It was probably the way the state of the world at the time. So how I'm looking at it, this album has a lot of my favorite songs on here. 1910, uh, 35.31, Feels Like Summer, Summertime Magic technically is a part of this era so and this is america so those are like this has a lot of my favorite songs on it from this era in general and i think this is probably childish gambino's most underrated album now for me personally when you look back at it and you look at the quality of the music but you see that it wasn't talked about enough i think this is his most underrated album for me and i really enjoyed it but i just feel like the marketing could have been better considering he just dropped awake in my love I feel like it was a dip in, they kind of took a step down rather than a step up because this is supposed to be one of the biggest albums ever. Childish Gambino, he just dropped Awaken My Love, one of the greatest albums of all time, honestly, when we look back at it. So if this had the proper marketing, it would have been good. But yeah, some of my favorite tracks are 1910, uh, 3531, 12.38, Algorithm, uh, Feels Like Summer as well. And yeah, that those are pretty much my thoughts on it. And uh, to get my ranking of it, I give it a solid. I think I'll give it a solid seven point seven out of ten. 
All right. And then for me, so top tracks, yeah, Vibrate, yeah, the 21 Savage and uh, Ink track. And I think uh, Kajabone as well on the track. Uh, but that's 1238. Final track, Under the Sun, 5349. Um, 1910, beautiful. Like, yeah, beautiful track. Like, uh, feels like summer. Why I go to the party. Like, every track, there's a piece of it that I love. Um, but those in particular. And then, and then, yeah, the violence too. Like, that was definitely... In terms of the themes of like when this album dropped, yeah, there's definitely like I think it's like a boy, like it's a boy getting shot on the violence, right? Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Okay. And also the message to like to like to like his kids and all that, you know. Yeah, that too. Um, but for my rating, I'm gonna give this an eight and a half out of ten. Definitely, yeah. There's definitely some high points on here where it's like you could see like maybe he's improving from Awaken My Love, but in terms of like execution on all the track like it's like it is like all over the place but he like taps into like different like funk and soul and r&b and you know even like a bit of jazz in there too rock um which i really um enjoyed on this but uh terrence what are your what's your rating out of 10 and uh, your fave tracks my rating out of 10 i'd say it's like a, like a seven out of 10 because i'm gonna be real music's not bad right but i think like the like the lack of marketing Kind of like killed the hype for me, so I wasn't as excited as I should have been. So I kind of like lessens quality of the music for me too, which is weird, right? You know, like people say, like if the music's good, it's good, but it's like you know, but there's also like an element of hype that goes into that. My um, my favorite songs on here was "Vibrate," "Beautiful," and uh, and the violence and like the last track under the sun and, and "Algorithm," and also um. I might go to the party. Like I feel like that song was actually really, really good. I'm just like, yo, why is it had to be buried under these, like these unrecognizable numbers? You know, like, like I'm just like, why? Uh, like it's such a good song. Like, why go to the party is like, like some of the best game being I've heard of in like years. Like at this point, like holy shit. Like, like the music is there. It's just like, like the way he put it out is just kind of fucking with me. But I hope his next album. Isn't like that, you know? So, like, I hope on this like, next tape you can actually, like, you know, market it properly. All right. So, this wraps up our Childish Gambino discography review. Yeah, just like newspaper said, we hope to hear a new Gambino album soon enough. Yeah, we're going to, we need that. And yeah, it's good that for sure, like, this isn't the retirement. Although, who knows? Like, we, it could be years before he comes back with something. But yeah, glad we got this discography review out for you guys um yeah thanks for coming on newspaper once again definitely gonna have you on soon to promote some uh music of yours for sure Thanks. but uh yeah any last words um for the swan syndicate family shit i'm making my album right now it's sounding it's sounding like the craziest project we've ever dropped and that's no exaggeration like, yeah. <laughs> yep crazy <laughs> yep <laughs> so like <laughs> i'm saying crazy shit coming man crazy shit coming that's, yeah that's pretty much all i have to say like it's it's going to be a wild year, man. Music soon. All right. Dope, dope, dope. Okay, everyone, stay tuned for new newspaper music. Yeah, you will definitely be posting that once that comes out. But yeah, issue any last words from you um, as we end this latest discography review? Yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone who hops on a Savant podcast and joins us and hops on episodes with us. Shout out to Newsy and uh, new music coming soon.
It's a vlog season and I'm feeling like stripes They hitting on me and my homie cause our minds not enlightened They mad cause we just got the passion Never slacking or lagging The funny thing is step up to us You know we bout that action But look